Welcome to Easy Bake Takes, the podcast. Oh wait, fucking shit. You, 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 you took my line. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Get it together. <laughs> Easy Bake Takes, the podcast. Where we read you the one-star reviews of your favorite movies and more, but not this time, because we're doing another three-step Rex, where we pick a TV show, pick three episodes, and decide, is this show worth watching after seeing those three? My name is Kat. And I'm Riley. You picked the show today. I did. What did you pick? I picked Over the Garden Wall. I just recently watched it for the first time. And I did not pick three episodes. I just picked the whole 10 episodes. Yeah, they're short. I might as well. Probably only takes, there's 10 episodes or 10 minutes long. It's an hour and 40 minutes. It's literally, yeah, literally a movie. You could watch all of it in a sitting. Mm Mm-hmm. So, Over the Garden Wall, TV miniseries that was released in 2014 and premiered on Cartoon Network. This probably would have been around uh, Halloween time, probably in October. But the creators are Katie Krentz, who worked in development for it, and Patrick McCall. And Patrick McCall wrote for Adventure Time and the Marvel's Marvelous Misadventures of Flapjack. So, if you like those two shows growing up, you'll more than likely love this one if you haven't already seen it i think one of them did spongebob too Mm -hmm. yes they also had written the screenplay for the upcoming new pinocchio movie with guillermo del toro okay and that's gonna be coming out on netflix soon Mm -hmm. and nate cash directed all 10 episodes and was in the art department for adventure time and spongebob squarepants and a few other things Mm -hmm. and powerpuff girls oh that's really cool i didn't know that Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of like creative people on this show that made other fantastic tv shows really good era for cartoon network Mm -hmm. in my opinion i didn't like flapjack but i actually watched a few episodes of flapjack I didn't like mm-hmm. it. It was very weird. Cartoon Network was always a little weird, but I really appreciate it now. Yeah. It was like the era of Gumball mm-hmm. and Chowder. Mm-hmm. Just very weird. Chowder, I think, is still really cute mm-hmm. and and holds up. Noah's showed me it since, and it's it's pretty good. I like it. And Adventure Time, of course. Like, that's just a very yes. good... The Crown Jewel. Yes, the Crown Jewel. Cast, we have Elijah Wood, who voiced work. So good. Colin Dean, voiced Gregory. We have Melody Linsky, who voiced Beatrice. Christopher Lloyd played the Woodsman. Samuel Ramey played the Beast. Jack Jones was Gregory's Frog. John Cleese was Adelaide. And then Tim Curry was Auntie Whispers. Yeah. You should have led with that. I should have. Because I, when I was watching the show, I knew Tim Curry was in there. Mm-hmm. I didn't know who, though. Yeah. Towards the end, yeah. Auntie Whispers. The episode that he is in is very scary. Yeah. I have some really fun facts about the show. All the names that Gregory names his lucky frog <laughs> are Kitty, Wirt, Wirt Jr., George Washington, Mr. President, Benjamin Franklin, Dr. Cucumber, Greg, Greg Jr., Skipper, Ronald, and Jason Funderburger. Mr. President and Jason Funderburger were my favorite of all the names. And Kitty. Those were my favorite. Kitty was cute. There was originally supposed to be 18 episodes. Wow. Which is very interesting. I don't know what they would have done. Probably just more lore. Adventures. More adventures. Probably more, uh, probably a few more characters. 18 missing episodes. Yeah, that's like twice, almost twice as long. Mm-hmm. I would have been fine with it, honestly. I it's very interesting, and I wonder, I wonder if they were fully developed or they were just ideas. They're probably at least like storyboarded. Yeah, exactly. 
After the opening titles in each episode, a distant train horn can be heard. The boys meet this train episode nine, chapter nine, into the unknown. That's of course where we. That's where we get to see how they got there. How they got there. The reality. Mm -hmm. What was going on? Literally over the garden wall. Yeah. So it confused me in like the second episode when they're in Mm -hmm. Pottsfield and Wirt is like, "I'm just trying to see if they have a phone." I'm like phone <laughs> what are you talking about the 1800s they or like something this times what is this <laughs> that's why i love this show so much you don't know you're just kind of thrown into this you're like okay they're in the woods they're lost okay they're brothers they're brothers there's monsters and beasts and magic and talking bluebirds and it, what is this is this real is this actually reality i didn't think that that soon but i was like is this a time period is this another mm-hmm. world is this fantasy yeah and then as you go on you're like hmm all these connections to death yeah especially Pottsfield Pottsfield really sets it up as this really like damn they might be in purgatory yeah I love Pottsfield so much that's a really good episode that is the height of the fall feelings mm-hmm. I agree I love it because it's just so melancholy it really just sets the tone for the show yeah they're not mean they're not evil it adds to it yeah definitely did I love how the show is called over the garden wall and we get to see that because once they climb over the quote-unquote garden wall it's a cemetery wall but i do love how it's named the garden wall mm-hmm. i love that like i don't know why it's just a little detail that i like because you could say over the cemetery wall yeah in episode two chapter two hard times at the huskin b gregory were and beatrice pass through pottsfield town full of skeletons this is a portmanteau of pottersfield a term for a graveyard for people who cannot afford to buy a burial plot which is very interesting because you know they're buried in the field yeah they had to go find that guy Mm -hmm. so it's very interesting like yeah very cool and oh this is super cool like there's no reason why i had to do this but the phase of the moon the show is meant to match up with the phase of the moon on the night each episode originally aired that's so fucking cute and thoughtful I know, right? That's so thoughtful. I thought it was just super cool. Like, there's no reason why they had to do that, but they did. Yeah. Over the Garden Wall was based on the award-winning anime short Tomb of the Unknown in 2013. So I guess because of that little short, they were like, make a little miniseries out of it. Yeah. And I believe this was, yeah, this is the first miniseries created by Cartoon Network. Hmm. So it's very cool. It's, I mean, I wouldn't have guessed that, but no. it's very cool. Yeah. I love that it's a miniseries because, um, I, I, you know, like, it's a perfect little story. It's perfect. Yeah, same here. I think it, mm-hmm. it works. It works. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Oh, God. This is a crazy little fact. So one of the episodes that didn't make the final cut was a man who makes dice out of the bones of kids. Yeah, it's a little far. I can understand why that one didn't make it. I can imagine that guy. Tim Curry also voiced that guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Originally, the unknown was supposed to be a limbo world. Okay. And the beast was supposed to be a guide for War and Gregory to bring them back to life. Oh. Which I think is very interesting because he does the opposite. Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, if you took the same notion of, I mean, I guess it's it's his soul, but like keep that flame burning and the, mm-hmm. you got to go towards the light kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Although Wirt and Gregory arrive in the unknown on Halloween and return to the real world only a few seconds later, at the end of the miniseries, it's originally planned for the boys to come back on Christmas Day. Ooh. Which I think doesn't make any sense because, like, they're drowning while they're in this limbo world. And it seems like time is very, very long, but it's really only a few seconds. It probably would have been, like, instead of them drowning, they had gone missing. 
They had gone missing, or maybe they were in a coma. Yeah, or they, like, fell fell asleep in the forest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. So, like, I thought that was interesting, but I'm glad they changed that, because... Yeah. Because that's, like, a um, the coma thing reminds me of Adventure Time, because I remember there being fan theories that... Oh, I do remember that fan theory, yes. Finn was just in a coma the whole time. Yeah, he yeah. was dreaming of everything. Dang. It makes sense that the people who did Adventure Time did this because Adventure Time gets so deep and depressing out of nowhere mm-hmm. sometimes. Like in the later seasons, it's literally every other episode. Like they just have mm-hmm. filler episode, depressing ass episode, <laughs> filler episode, depressing ass episode. Mm-hmm. They, they're And they're really good at it. They're really good at balancing that. Absolutely. Yeah. Creator Patrick McCall came up with the original concept for the miniseries in 2004 okay so i'm guessing this is something he was just working on for a, a while and then it got picked up seems like a passion project for sure it definitely does character for gregory the younger of the two brothers was based on um patrick mccall's son which i think is very cute <laughs> that is so cute and hmm. i didn't write this down but i have to say gregory is such a good representation of what it's like to be a younger sibling when your older sibling's a teenager like <laughs> you just you want to like you want to impress them you want to have fun with them you want to do what you think is best but you're probably just making their life a living hell but it's yeah it's so fun to be the younger sibling <laughs> from experience <laughs> i love that mm-hmm. This is probably not going to be my last fact. Mm-hmm. The beast's true appearance is visible briefly and only during the climax. So I guess it's whenever they shine the light on him. And I looked it up because I, I didn't remember mm-hmm. what he looked like in that climax. Yeah. So when I looked it up, it's a pretty haunting picture. And I don't think you should look at it. I probably won't. It's like kind of like all the souls he kind of has. Like it makes up his body. Oh. But he also has a face. But it also has like tiny little dots. But he's like flesh colored. I feel like you would not. Yeah, no. That doesn't. That sounds like hell. Like I'm warning you. Don't look. Don't look it <laughs> I up. Won't. Just because I know you got the phobia for the little. Yeah. The little trypophobia. The little holes. Like it bothered me. Mm-hmm. So I bet it's going to bother you. Yeah. I won't look that up. I'll take your word for it. I hate that he was flesh colored. That's honestly. That's like the grossest thing you can do. Don't make. Don't make like a thing of goop that's flesh colored. That is not. It's like awful. <laughs> that's pretty much it. Okay. Those are my fun facts for the show. Those were very fun facts for a very fun show. Do you want me to get into what I thought worked about it? Yes. Okay. So for me, the biggest thing about this show was that. It, yeah, it had the air of the Adventure Time stuff and mm-hmm. kind of gave me a little Courage the Cowardly Dog. Ooh, yes. Especially with the um, like head pumpkin guy from mm-hmm. Pottsfield. That is a Courage the Cowardly Dog. I get that. I totally understand that. It also just reminded me, very specifically Alice in Wonderland, like that kind of old Disney, especially mm-hmm. with like the intro and you know you're distressed and everyone just keeps singing at you (laughs) yes (laughs) being a lost little kid Mm -hmm. and no one's helping nobody is helpful and yeah it just in the animation and in the music and in the intro and outro and with like the voiceover it was very very like old fairy tale hansel and gretel-y but like old disney style where it's like haunted like the intro is a little haunting Mm-hmm. the air of it is like there's serious scary shit happening mm-hmm. but there's still like lighthearted, whimsical childlike goofing about happening at the same time yeah and it balances really well and that's something that i think all works really well for this show i, I wrote down that it was made by the people who made adventure time and spongebob so obviously it's it's gotta be good yeah definitely and then i like the mature jokes like when they <laughs> the teenagers are going to the the graveyard and they're like we're gonna have legal drinks that like aren't illegal to <laughs> 
drink it's like juice <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i agree it has like a very warm fall vibe to it mm-hmm Another thing that I think works for it is that it feels like if a bunch of kids were to do like a D&D campaign. Yes, it does. The songs, I just kept using the word whimsical because the songs are whimsical. Yeah. They're so fun and cute and catchy, yet simple. That's another thing that made me feel like very old Disney. Simple, but well thought out at the same time. With the animation, again, old Disney, they look like Animal Crossing characters. Yeah, they do. (laughs) It's like detailed, especially with the backgrounds. Again, it's this perfect mixture of paying attention to the details but keeping it simple and not overthinking the details Mm -hmm. the intro and outro especially like were such a cool part of it the production value it it just seems yeah like i said passion project very obviously like a lot of thought and effort and passion went into making this and you could feel Mm -hmm. it throughout the whole thing the actors are all amazing like i think the guy who voices the frog is like all i looked at his imdb and like all of his roles are him being like a jazz performer or something and stuff that makes sense because he sings the song yeah and he sings and i think he plays an instrument but he has like played a jazz performer in a bunch of really big things Mm. like that's just cool yeah how do you get that guy (laughs) how do you how do you get tim curry (laughs) how do you Mm -hmm. you know if tim curry's in it that he at least like believes in the project that's the whole thing i feel like that guy does not sign up for something unless he truly likes the role or truly likes the project that he's part of yeah the actress that plays beatrice she's been in a lot of commercials Mm -hmm. she's been in like tv shows too who is she she's so she's so familiar let me look at her melanie linsky she's so familiar i think she's more familiar from commercials than she is from tv or movies in my opinion yeah i don't know specifically why i know her but i know her probably because i've seen her in commercials yeah and she has such a good job in it too in this Mm mm-hmm She's fantastic. Elijah Wood. Yeah, Elijah Wood. I love Elijah Wood. Clearly. Does an amazing job. He's so good at playing a clueless hero. (laughs) (laughs) He is. He's Frodo. (laughs) I mean... He's Frodo. Clueless hero. That's a good way Mm -hmm. to, I think, describe him. Mm -hmm. Clueless, but he has to save the day somehow. Sam saves the day, and I will argue with that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You think he's the hero, but yeah. Yes, because, well, he does have to say Gregory at the end, but the but Gregory is the heart. Mm-hmm. And so is Sam. Yes. It's a very interesting, like, comparison. I love that, actually. I didn't mm-hmm. think about that till just now. I do love that. And I think it was just because of him, but also the fantasy element of it. I was like, this kind of like Lord of the Rings a little. This <laughs> is a little like over. If it feels like D&D, it feels like Lord of the Rings. Look at his outfit. <laughs> yeah. I did love his little costume because I didn't know. I didn't know why Gregory had a teapot on his head. He was an elephant. <laughs> he was an elephant, which is so cute because there's no way I would have mm-hmm. guessed that until because no. their outfits are so like unique. You're like, okay, this is a different world. This is a different time. This is like this isn't obviously from our world. And then we watched that episode nine. It's like it all makes sense. Mm-hmm. And it's so cute. Oh my god. Yes. A rock fact. Just these kids in their homemade costumes. It's so cute. So perfect. It is. I mean, even though Tim Curry's only in one episode, he does so, so good. So good. I knew the second, I knew the second that that character popped up, I was like, that's gotta be Tim Curry. It has to be. I thought it was Adelaide for a minute too, but someone else voiced Adelaide. Yeah, it's her sister. Adelaide was on it for just two seconds, and there was a whole song about that person. <laughs> I sing that all the time. It's a good one. It is. What is the Potatoes and Molasses, that one too. <laughs> I love that one. I watched that episode the other night too. I love that episode. I love the teacher and her song. Yeah. I want to hear the whole alphabet of what she had to do, because it skips a bunch of letters, which I understand. It does. 
I want to hear the whole version. <laughs> that was another thing is like about the mature jokes is like they're not mature in the way that it's like you. Mm -hmm. They're mature in the way of like you're there's they're like a kid like it's like Monster House like a kid's gonna giggle but the adults are gonna know really why it's funny. Yes, because I think it happens with the cemetery too where Wirt is like, what are you gonna do there? Like whenever um, <laughs> when uh, Sarah is that her name? Sarah? Yeah, Sarah. Mm -hmm. There's. I, I was looking at, at tattoo concepts for the show mm -hmm. and one person like made like a, the cassette tape that says Sarah on it. Aww. I'm like, that's so cute. I want to get the upside down teapot. Oh, that's a good one. Let's get matching over the garden wall tattoos. I would honestly like, like that drawing you did for this show is so cute. I don't know if I would get a tattoo of it, but like, yeah, I d honestly, definitely. Yeah. I want the teapot. The teapot's adorable. I love it. I like the little frog. I like the mm -hmm. cassette tape, the little scissors that Beatrice gets at the end yeah the scissors are so cute very cool very cool another one of those detail things where it's like you didn't have to do that but you did yeah just like really fantastic mm -hmm. i think it it ends really well mm -hmm. like we said earlier it's like you just watch the whole thing in one sitting and it's you just watched a little movie yeah it honestly really is though and it's paced really well yes it all flows super well and i think because it's broken up like that the pacing i think is a little better mm -hmm. things get wrapped up in a timely manner yes okay that's all the things i had for what works i only had one thing for what didn't i didn't like oh what didn't you like um that it's only one season but it ends so well that like it, mm -hmm. i don't think it needed to have any more or anything yeah but it, i just wish there was more that's the thing with it mm -hmm. it was supposed to be a full tv show yeah and i'm, I'm glad it wasn't i agree because like i feel like yeah this is just a perfect story Mm -hmm. But I will say that finding out that it was only one season and that it was a mini series from 2014 was like the time that I found out Freaks and Geeks was only one season. I was just heartbroken. Oh. I was like, oh, this is going to be over when it's over. Yeah, that's so sad. It's kind of different because Freaks and Geeks, that could have been a f multiple season show. Should have been. My mom always says that show was ahead of its time. And that's why it didn't. Oh, it was for sure. It was just so ahead yeah. of its time. Like a lot of people our age love it and it wasn't even for mm -hmm. our generation. Like, no. Yeah. Unfortunately, that show did end early, but this show, its intended purpose was just one season. So yeah. It is sad that there aren't more. Cause like when I read that fact that there was, there was supposed to be 18 episodes, it's like, wow. Okay. Yeah. Maybe that would have been cool because I feel like there could have been other concepts, but I'm happy for what we have, you know? Yeah, like it. it's it's more of like a I just long for more of it. Mm -hmm. Not that it would have been better for more. Mm -hmm. But oh, actually, I did have one other thing. I, I love shows where they, ha they show like an unconventional family. Mm -hmm. You know, coming from an unconventional family myself, I love it so much that like they're half brothers yeah. and he's like, my mom had to go marry his dad and ha I had to have another little brother and, mm -hmm. and they like, I'm not going to go too into it. But like being a half sibling is like, it's a, like it's an, a feeling of its own. Like mm -hmm. you are siblings, but like there's always little things in there. And I think it's just really cute that they like bond throughout this and like learn to love each other. I mean, Gregory clearly already is obsessed with Wirt. Yes. But Wirt has to, like, learn how to love his little brother and appreciate him and, like, mm -hmm. be a good big brother to him. And I just think that's really, really cute. It is. And Wirt is a teenager and he's just miserable. <laughs> and he's... Yeah. Everything sucks when you're a teenager. Everything sucks even when it doesn't. Like, he's obviously well-liked by Sarah yeah. and the other people, but he acts like he's not cool enough or they all hate them or... Like, you are making your life harder for yourself. It's like Goob. They all hated me. <laughs> they all, hey, Goob, you want to come over to my house? Hey, Goob, cool binder. 
he's literally well liked mm-hmm. and he acts like he's making his life harder for himself than he has to be but i guess that's part of being a teenager or an insecure teenager oh 100 it kind of adds to it and it's very funny and gregory obviously isn't the issue no or it's just just in that teenager phase where he's just everything's embarrassing everything's embarrassing no one likes me everything's the end of the world exactly it's very it's very funny and i i do enjoy that character a lot because he's ridiculous (laughs) yeah and then i love gregory and gregory's just gregory so cute so cute such a like adorable kid character what does he say um or he's like he's always like that's just the way it goes or whatever ain't that just the way it goes something like that but that is one of my favorite little kid things where like they say something and they ain't that just the way it is (laughs) yeah something like that where they like little kids will say something and you could tell that they probably don't fully know what that means but they say it anyway they heard it from somewhere yes you know, they either heard it from somewhere and they don't know what it means. Ain't just, ain't that just the way? That's what he says. Yes. But my favorite thing that he says is, or it's like, he's like, yes, ma'am, old lady. And she's, she's like, don't call me old lady. And he's like, sure thing, young sir. Or like young man <laughs> or young boy or something. Oh, shit. <laughs> so fucking funny also the and that's a rock fact (laughs) i love that that's a that's a perfect one i love the ending too because the last thing they do is put back the rock because that's the thing he was you know sad about and oh my god yeah he stole it he stole the rock (laughs) but he put it back so it's fine other than like not knowing it was from 2014 and loving it so much that's everything i had written down Mm -hmm. yeah this was something i just recently was introduced to and i just love it it's just so very very good very sweet very good for fall time and Mm -hmm. and i just love how the show like it it starts off as like you know very fall leaves are falling it's red browns and yellows and it kind of gets colder as it goes you know Mm -hmm. i do have an interesting theory that i wanted to bring up just this is just one of many theories you could have about anything about this show i typed in the name to google and it, it was like 30 reddit theories popped up i read one i was like i don't even know what they're trying to bring up yeah but like okay <laughs> this person deep dived i'm they, they lost me i did not even know what their point was <laughs> it was just absolutely ridiculous like it wasn't ridiculous i just i'm not so into this show where i know what you're talking about but like i i bet you're right yeah i'm sure there's some truth to it yeah there's this theory about what the own unknown is is which which is where they are a lot of people say purgatory or mm-hmm. like a limbo world you know yeah which i i consider the same thing up uh, between life and death yeah i'm just thinking of it like since it reminds me of alice in wonderland it just seems like that yeah maybe more of an alternate universe than a limbo yeah because they do say like this world is between reality and dreams mm-hmm. very much like wonderland yeah exactly patrick mccall said like any interpretation you find in the show is valid and good and anyone can have that interpretation yeah i think this is a good show for that just because of all the little things about it Mm -hmm. a lot of people are saying like it's purgatory but this person who wrote this um they say it's like not like purgatory but it's more like a dream like almost dying kind of thing where your life is flashing before your eyes because there's that thing where your your brain releases dmt when you die Mm -hmm. and so you're like in this trippy little in-between world Mm -hmm. your brain is literally just wilding out while you're about like your body's trying to not die exactly and it's it's kind of weird because you know in the unknown the beast is trying to turn them into those trees Mm -hmm. it's kind of like a place where you either kind of stay there you get to leave yeah you decide to live or die yeah 
But what's interesting too, and this is like an argument about like why it's not purgatory, is because Beatrice and her family live there. Yeah. They're alive and well in the unknown. So it's like one of those places where like maybe you get to like all these characters live there. They still, and we get mm-hmm. to see that in the last intro, like the closing out intro. I, I think you could say maybe not necessarily just between life and death. Mm-hmm kind of any sort of in between that you could be in life it seems like with Beatrice it's like this whole other self-discovery kind of thing Mm -hmm. because her whole thing is like she doesn't want to face her family until she can fix the thing that she caused Mm -hmm. I guess you could also say like living within like a guilt that you're carrying around with yourself too yeah you have unfinished business, you know? Yeah. Or like maybe you could even say that Beatrice caused the death of her family or something. Ooh, dang. That's a really dark turn. <laughs> you know, like something she did wrong mm-hmm. or like a misstep she took led to that. So she wants to bring her whole family to peace so they don't have to like live in this state of being a bird. Exactly. Yeah. I just thought that was interesting because like, you know, your first in- indication is to think it's purgatory, but it could be just this different reality of something else. You know, it's just really fun to think about this show is so interesting in that way you could argue a bunch of different things and no one's right or wrong yeah with this show since it's so short you could talk about specific episodes if you wanted mm-hmm. to but i feel like the, the most interesting thing with this show is like the little nuggets that they put in there and like mm-hmm. the messages and theories you could come out of it with which seems to be like the general consensus with how many Reddit theories and shit there are. Oh, no, that's really fun. And I've seen like different TikToks of people going like noticing this detail back Mm. to this episode and it it all comes back together. This is just one of those shows that's just really, really good. Mm -hmm. It's perfectly detailed, like I said. Mm -hmm. So that's about it. I just thought that was an interesting theory. and That is, yeah. Just a big concept for the show overall. It, was there anything I didn't mention that you wanted to mention about what you thought worked about it? Um, No, I think you got everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I do... I do love the main theme song for this show. Mm -hmm. The show is just so interesting and and so its own thing. And I just love it. I just really do. Not to use a fucking metaphor or whatever. It it really is like one of those lightning in a bottle things. Like Mm -hmm. it's hard for anything to like get it this right. I'm so upset that this is like just one 10 episode miniseries of something. Yeah. But I know that if it went on longer, I mean, there's always the chance that it could get worse. Or lose itself, you know? Yeah. God forbid the people who created the show stop working on the show and it just turns into something else. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Something that kind of reminds me of is the show The Good Place. I don't think you've watched it yet, but I've talked about it a handful of times. Yeah. It was meant to only be four seasons and it wasn't going to be any longer or any shorter it was going to be four seasons and it mm-hmm. was going to end where it ended and it has one of the most satisfying show endings ever and it is another one of those shows where you're like but i want i want more like i want to see what else <laughs> they do like i want it to keep going but it ends so perfectly and i think if a show sets out specifically like this is how long it's going to be no longer no matter what anybody says or what anybody wants it's going to be this long i think that is just always the smartest way to go into a show because there's shows that go on for way too long mm-hmm. i hate that it's short but i love that they made that call of being like this is all we're gonna put put out with it because it's planned it's perfectly planned yeah like they have it set already which i think is really smart Mm -hmm. if you have a set story i love that i don't mind if it's short as long as the story is perfectly wrapped up you know or the ending at least yeah i think it helps with continuity issues i think it Mm -hmm. helps with pacing it helps with 
a successful story because you know exactly how much time you have to tell it. You know what information that you have the time to give out and reach the end successfully. Exactly. You were talking about some off-the-wall theories. Maybe we could talk about those a little bit. So here's another theory that we can look at, and it's the title, but what did it all mean? I finished the series last night. Wow, what an amazing show. Without going into a full analysis of the inspirations and details, of which there are already plenty, a few good links below, it feels like a major point has been glossed over in most theories I have read, including on the sub. The sentiment that the frog has the bell and lights up so everything was true rings false with me, pun intended. My interpretation of the <laughs> ending is that Greg died or survived. Ooh. The loveliest lie of all begins the moment we see Greg in the hospital. To me, this is shown by the sudden change in tone between the disheveled words word shaken, where is Greg, and Greg's chipper attitude, perfect hair, and most tellingly, frog with top hat. These aren't real. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Where is in shock slash denial, the first stage of grief. Listen to the narrator's tone as we pan out from the hospital. Even he is saying, this wasn't real. As our main character, the entirety of the show is told from Wirt's perspective. It is his story told between his his drowning and res- resuscitation. The motives throughout the series echo Wirt's life, not Greg's. It's his fond re- remembrance of his goofy younger brother and his self-punishment failing to save him and for endangering him in the first place. As well as focusing on death, this is why much of the show also focuses on the role of the older brother as leader and Wirt's failing to be one. But none of that is to say it's a dark, depressing show. In fact, I think the ending is saying that the lie is okay. It's a necessary part of life. Tragic thing has happened, and the lies we tell ourselves are sometimes the most helpful. On reflection, the show left me with the same feeling as the film Grave of the Fireflies. <laughs> Jesus Aww. Christ. They both deal with very similar topics in a very similar way. I recommend watching it if you haven't. Wow, that is actually a good theory. And that theory was by Reddit user Dan Munchie from seven years ago. It's always from like almost a decade ago yeah every reddit post is from a decade ago i love it i think that's an interesting theory Mm -hmm. especially like relating it to grave of the fireflies the idea of being an, an older sibling and failing in some way to like be there or protect your younger sibling or like doing everything that you thought you could and having to like grapple with maybe even that wasn't enough that is so heavy Like the fact that they said like it's not it's not a dark depressing show, <laughs> like, yeah. but you're gonna compare it to Grave of the Fireflies. You can't do that. But I I do I totally understand what they're saying. And the fact that it's Gregory who almost gets well from the first viewing of it, he almost gets taken by the beast. Yeah, and he's the one that is almost lost first. But the fact that he is kind of suggests like maybe he didn't maybe he didn't make it. Yeah, that's true. Like I I think this is a very good theory. I don't want to. Th- to believe it because i don't want greg to die but um it is interesting to think about and i think that like something a little nicer Mm -hmm. the way that they're coming at this you could see i think it's more of like an unexpected hero thing like the person who you didn't think would be the one saving you at the end of the day the person you doubted the whole time okay for war right yeah that makes sense. No, I do understand. Well, it's like he finally steps up to his role, mm-hmm. his big brother role, especially since everyone's been kind of, not everyone, but like the woodsman at the very beginning of the episode literally yells at work going, it's not his fault. It's yours. You're the older brother. You are responsible. Mm-hmm. You're the one that's supposed to exactly be the bigger brother. So it, it is hinted at the beginning as well, like 
you need to step up Mm -hmm. and be there for him. And he doesn't until the the very end. Yeah, because he runs away in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Isn't protecting him. He's being a teenager. He's like worried about himself. And Mm -hmm. Greg was born always loving Wirt and Wirt had to learn how to love Greg. I think that's what it is at the end of the day. I like that theory. It's like, I don't like it, but like, I get it. (laughs) Yeah, you don't want it to be. I want to admit it's true, but it does make sense. It makes a lot of sense. Someone called it slapstick for kids, existential dread for adults. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know what's funny is like I like I can see like little kids not liking the show. I mean, I can see them liking it, but this show gets so heavy towards the end. Like I can see how like little kids would kind of get like lost with it or disinterested because it gets so dark and a little just too real, you know? Like I don't know if little kids would get it. Think about like Adventure Time. I know. It does that same thing. And I think it's more of like a seven and up thing. Yeah. Because I think if you were around then or maybe like 10, like 10 year olds Mm -hmm. and older, you might not really catch how dark it truly is at that age. So it might still be enjoyable. But I could also see a kid checking out of this show. But also absolutely kids being consumed by the material because it's so different. Mm -hmm. So I found a theory. Okay. From Film Days by Joshua Sorensen from 2019. Um, they called the they called the show Timeless and it feels like hauntingly familiar. And I feel like that's a really good way to describe it. Yes. Oh, they also felt the... Yeah, it feels it feels like an old fairy tale. They compared it to like Red Riding Hood, Hansel and Gretel. Well, it's got that time period feel, you know, just like that very vague timeline of history. Mm-hmm. It's hard to describe, but it, it feels like a certain point in time, but you can't, you really can't pin it. And I get that because that's how fairy tales kind of feel too. Like there's really no time. They could be put in any time as well. Exactly. Okay. They say when analyzing the cultural significance of this narrative reference, talking about fairy tales, Jung said forests are, quote, essentially culturally elaborated representations of the content of the deepest recesses of the human psyche, end quote. That makes sense if we're in like this kind of dream world that Wirt has imagined. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And they said, in literary analysis, it is generally agreed that fairy tale forests represent unnameable fears with which we must reconcile to grow up. This is the case for the unknown as well. So it's like having to mature in some way um, or grow, grow as a person. Or, yeah, definitely. Okay. And I think even Beatrice, I think Greg in a smaller way has to stop goofing around so much. Yeah, he doesn't know. <laughs> he doesn't. He's like, how old is he? Seven? He's a little kid. Yeah, he doesn't have to stop goofing around. I think he's at that stage where he's learning when it is and isn't time to goof around. Yeah, that's true. He said the unknown is a mutual hallucination, a transitional purgatory between life and death. And then they said that the unknown's collage of history is merely what Wirt and Greg know history to be. Um, Objects and imagery, an oil lantern, a maypole dance, things that are familiar, but in the most emotionally detached sense, the uncanny. Mm -hmm. So it's like what kids think of when they think of old timey is like what this world looks like, like a a barn with like a water wheel thingy. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I was trying to say earlier, because like with fairy tales, like old, but we we really don't have a... Uh, there isn't a, a really a, there's not a year there's not a concept yeah we just know it's older so we have these images of what we think is older and what it would look like mm-hmm. i understand why it feels like that like this st- the fairy tale aspect of it yeah it seems like a lot of people d- generally come to the idea of it being a purgatory like you said mm-hmm. that's what i still think it is mm-hmm. and this person seems to be focusing a lot on like how they see the past 
Mm-hmm. And I said, yet even as Wirt and Greg fall backward into a pastiche of the past, they also move forward. The historical heritage of each location they encounter on their journey tracks a linear progression towards the present. In episode two, Hard Times at the Huskin Bee, they stumble into Pottsville, a 17th century pilgrim village. Episode four, Songs of the Dark Lantern, sees them in an 18th century tavern. A 19th century Victorian era mansion is the setting of episode 5, Mad Love. And finally, they ride on an early 20th century steamboat in episode 6, Lullaby in Frogland. Even though time in the unknown is fixed in the past, Wirt and Greg still exist in the present, and the linear progression of the historical anomalies reflects that. They are moving toward a crux point where the former catches up with the latter. Wow, okay. I definitely see that. That's like another fucking detail thing. Like they're literally moving, moving through the decades. The past. Yeah. Centuries. Centuries. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's so interesting. They said that the unknown's temporal dissonance between past and present makes it a fitting place for Wirt and Greg to become lost as they themselves are trapped in a tailspin of indecision. Wirt, the elder teenage brother, has a crush on a girl, Sarah, but lacks the confidence to ask her out. Greg, the younger kid brother, has stolen a rock from an old lady's garden and wants to give it back but is afraid of being punished. To face their their respective problems would mark the acceptance of an uncontrollable present where their future lies in in the uncertain hands of others. In refusing to face this reality, they are effectively living as in the past like younger versions of themselves while the present occurs around them wow okay yeah it shows growth you know and i think that Mm -hmm. i think that's another big big theme it's just growth yeah they say that exact thing in this next part it's like state of transition oh yeah yeah boyhood to manhood innocence to worldliness for greg and boyhood to manhood for wirt Mm -hmm. and then they say autumn into winter because autumn itself is transitional yeah the changing of the seasons oh my goodness i love this show there's just the amount of details in it i love it Mm mm-hmm Okay, so someone brought up that the Queen of Cloud City is just the beast trying to trick Greg. I didn't think that that was a theory. I thought that was just implied. I didn't think any of that was actually real. I thought that was all in Greg's mind. I didn't know, but that makes sense. That definitely makes sense. That's what I thought it was because they like, it goes to the beast right after Mm -hmm. and he's like beckoning Greg. What's really funny is like technically no, the unknown is quote unquote real. But like I knew Mm -hmm. like that dream sequence, I'm like that, that can't be real. That, That has to to be something that's in Greg's mind only. Yeah. Someone said that there's something up with the turtles, the dog in the beginning. Oh, yeah. And Auntie Whispers, like, the more they, they become more monstrous, the more they eat turtles. I read somewhere the turtles create these, mo- like, they become monsters for the last thing that brought them joy. So, like, when the dog ate the turtle, his last little bit of joy was eating the candy. That's why he was just eating, eating the candy. Yeah. Because it's so simple, it's so short, I don't think there is a whole lot we can say, honestly, more than what we have. Yeah. And just how how much I know, too. Because, like, this is a relatively new show for me, so I'm sure the more times I watch it, the more details are going to pop up and the more theories you can derive from that. But, like, I feel like we've covered a good amount. Mm Mm-hmm. If anyone out there watches this show and comes up with their own theories that we haven't mentioned, please let us know about them. We would love to hear your theories about this show. Message us on Instagram about that. This is a great thing just to have on too. Yes. I don't know if this will make sense, but it is like the perfect embodiment of like, yes, fall, but also just like a cloudy, somber day. Yes. Like, I don't want to say melancholy. The melancholy is there, but like there's a good... It's not melancholy. It's like somber. It's a somber comfort of it. Yeah. You suggested this show for us to do. Mm -hmm. And for me personally, the first episode got me. Yeah. 
So was this show like, did you see it on TikTok and decide to watch it? Or did someone suggest it to you? Or I don't remember who suggested it. I fell asleep during the first few episodes, not because it was boring. It was just no. tired. Yeah. When I sat there and watched it, I was like, this show is really, really good. And again, first episode, it gets you. Second episode is honestly probably one of my favorite episodes. Oh, yeah. Same here. Do you have anything else you want to say? No, I think we've said everything. I agree. So if you end up watching this show and you want to tell us what you thought of it, if you have any theories, like I said, you can message us on Instagram at EasyBakedTakes. You can find transcripts of all of our episodes at EasyBakedTakesPodcast.com. And we also have a letterbox where we write all of our review overviews. You can find us EasyBakedTakes. Don't forget to leave a review wherever you listen and to follow us if you want. Don't forget to share. Share our podcast with someone who you think would enjoy hearing about movie reviews. And thank you so much for listening. My name's cat and i'm riley and this has been easy bake takes three-step rex easy watching out there bye bye